0: Uh, we started as little master's students. No. Yeah, I
1: know. So so nice. Can you make so that, that sound again?
0: No. Shut up. I,
1: it's up.
2: It's
1: I wish that you had hair <laughs> <head> oh, <laughs> <I'm ever>. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Okay.
0: Do whatever I want. Don't be so prescriptive. my head, this <laughs> is the best. You that last time. No, you
3: were
1: like. I know. I can see. Just
0: like that. I can see. All right. Welcome back for our fifth episode of Gradlings Podcast. We are here to... And what, Bowden? Nothing. What is funny already? Nothing. nothing. No, I, I am joined anything. today. Thank you for... Uh, you? I am joined are we today. Are here? I, I'm joined by you. <laughs> we are joined by... We are joined. Okay, fine. We are joined by Giovanni Zimotti from... Uh, What part of Italy are you from, Giovanni? Uh, From the south. You're from the south? (laughs) Ciao tutti. Ciao tutti. Okay. What part of Italy?
2: From the south. The region is called Puglia.
0: Puglia. Okay, so we are joined today by Giovanni Simotti, who is a PhD candidate in his very last year at the University of Alabama. And we are excited to start talking to him about his very uh, innovative research that he has going on. Just so you guys know, GradLink's podcast is... A podcast dedicated to linguistics research done by graduate students and for graduate students. It's our chance to get together and just share what's going on in our lives, talk about the grad school program. Uh, We're gonna talk about Giovanni's research today of course and then at the end we're gonna ask Giovanni about his uh, lessons that he has learned over the years, right, guys? Mm, yeah. yeah. Mm.
4: And for those who have been following the podcast, I will assure you we'll try our best not to turn this into a Justin therapy session. It will again. not be
0: a Justin. Okay, okay, it always it always turns. It out always to be a it's funny though. Session. It's funny. It's funny. Anyways, you guys, please stay tuned, and we will be back with Giovanni Zimolli.
4: Welcome back to Gradlings. As Justin said before, we're here with Giovanni, PhD candidate here at UA. I particularly am very excited for Giovanni to be joining us today. He presented his research to a class I had last semester with Dr. Paolo Renegar. A little shout out to Dr. Renegar, Paolo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, about using virtual reality and technology in helping students with their first study abroad uh, experiences. So Giovanni, can you give us a little, your little elevator? Okay, my elevator pitch.
2: Elevator pitch, Giovanni. In my research, I'm using this tool, virtual reality, to create a custom designed experience to train the students before they go abroad.
3: Mm -hmm. Oh,
2: very cool. Right. What I was trying to reach, I've been doing some research also about study abroad with, Justin Morgan here. Publication
0: forthcoming.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You can cut that from the... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, just the part about publication. (laughs) Right. And we found out that the American students going abroad, they used to go abroad for one semester, two semester, even one year. Mm -hmm. And the trend is the opposite. It's inversing now. So the students go abroad for one month maybe two months if they're lucky. Mm -hmm. So they need more acculturation, they they need to be ready to go Mm -hmm. to Spain, go to Mexico, go Mm -hmm. to France, and get the 100% possible of the experience, of the life, of the language, of the culture, of the interaction, Mm -hmm. all those important parts of the language they need Mm -hmm. to get them. So my idea is to prepare them while they're here so that when they are there, they are ready. And mm-hmm. I thought that virtual reality was the perfect tool to create this because it allows them to feel like they were in Spain, yeah. in my particular case, without leaving the classroom. Right. Mm. So in my VR experience, I'm recreating their trip to Spain. Mm-hmm. The first, I divided the VR experience in three parts. Mm-hmm. The first part, they are inside an airplane.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. So they're
2: just looking around and listening to the pilot and the mm-hmm. hostess talk telling them, hey, welcome back, welcome to Spain. We're about to land. The temperature is 30 degrees Celsius. Mm -hmm. They already start to get used to new things like Celsius. Oh, what's that?
3: Right. Mm -hmm.
2: How hot is this? Is it cold? Is it warm? Mm -hmm. Then the second part, it's inside the airport of Madrid. Mm -hmm. They will be going there. Mm -hmm. And they start walking around and trying to get out of the airport. And the last part is the main part for this project. And it's the interaction part. During this part, they will be interacting with three people. Mm -hmm. And I'm focusing my research on just analyzing a few pragmatic aspects of the language, such as the usage of pronouns. Mm
3: -hmm. So
2: I used three different characters in my video game, Mm -hmm. a kid, a professor, and a taxi driver, so that I will see if the students are ready to use different register of talking. Mm -hmm. And also they need to practice how to to give direction. Mm -hmm. And they had to ask direction first at the taxi driver and then at the kid.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And all the students that did my training, when they came back here this August or September, when I interviewed Mm -hmm. them, I asked them, I was asking direction and they all told me that it helped them a lot.
0: Wow.
4: So let's kind of revisit the timeline of your data collection. So you've been preparing for this project, researching putting together the the program and getting the equipment. For how long it was about
2: I started working on my dissertation last September. Okay. Like guessing what I will do, right. what yeah. was my idea and then by October mm-hmm. I already had this in mind <coughs> mm-hmm. and then started thinking about what's the best way to reach this goal. Right. How can I use a virtual reality experience in a classroom?
4: And then starting in May, you identified your participants, and then you sent them, was there a preparatory process, like questionnaire if they qualified? I,
2: I started developing my app in January, February. Okay. I was ready by March, April, and we started the actual training in April. Okay. So I went to the, to the meeting of the all the students abroad were having, mm-hmm. and yeah. I asked, who wants to participate? Mm-hmm. And when one, one person was saying yes, the first one will we'll be in the experimental group. The mm-hmm. second one will be in the control group. Okay. Third one, so up until 12.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And when they came to the training, the first thing they did was the culture shock survey, okay. just to understand how comfortable they were with a foreign culture,
3: mm-hmm.
2: or how comfort, comfortable they were with talking with people from a different city or moving Where? somewhere else. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And right after that, they did the training
4: and what was the education level of the participants was it 100 level 200 level or did it go span across I, the
2: it span across the, the levels right. mm-hmm. but in order to be part of the spanish abroad program they had to be intermediate advanced level so okay. all of them are either doing a minor in spanish or mm-hmm. a major and they already took 200 level classes so mm-hmm. it, they took at least four or five semester of spanish okay
0: mm-hmm. So I just have a quick question. So you were researching whether or not you could prepare students for their study abroad program. Like so essentially with the, the three situations, for example, so you talk about uh, they're on the airplane and then they're in the airports and then they're on the street, essentially. Right. For the first time in Madrid. Those moments are critical. Like, we've all studied abroad before in this room, but uh, in case you haven't studied abroad before, those moments, they stay with you forever. Like, I'll never forget the moment that I landed in Mexico for my first study abroad Mm -hmm. trip, you know? Mm -hmm. Being on the plane, then I'm seeing the signs, and then I'm seeing the people, and then all of a sudden, it was like Spanish kind of became more of a reality for me, right? Mm -hmm. And that kind of shock was... I think it kind of stayed with me for a bit and it really enticed me to mm-hmm. want to continue with my studies and really dive into this as much. Are you wanting to prepare the students to have an even richer engagement with those first moments when they study abroad? Are you mm-hmm. wanting to eliminate the culture shock or what is, what is the goal? Well, how do you envision so that?
2: My goal was to prepare them to those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when they arrived in Spain, I didn't want them to be scared. I didn't want them to feel shocked by Spain or like, ah. oh, I have to speak in Spanish now. Right. Yeah. So that feeling that you have to be ready. Mm-hmm. So some people might be shy. Some people might ah exactly. It might take time to get used to that. And for sure. If you have six months in Spain. Mm-hmm. Okay, you lose the first month mm-hmm. not talking with people in Spanish. That's fine. Because
0: you're nervous. You're timid and right. not maybe much. not as confident. If well, you want
2: to speak out. Three to four weeks in Spain in Spain. Ah, uh, the time is more precious. And if you don't mm-hmm. use the time wisely, you're not going to speak in Spanish at all. Yeah. You're just going to be right. speaking in in English with your classmates because you know our summer program are. Mm-hmm. A lot of mm-hmm. people speaking the same language. Right. So,
4: so you're trying to accelerate the acclimation process yes. to correspond with the new design of study abroad. Yes, that once they are there personal. they are ready they right. can
2: speak in spanish
4: so i remember when you demonstrated a part of your program at the time last semester it was the airport it was no it was the plane landing the plane, and yeah. the and the pilot speaking it was a native speaking student we had here at ua doing and i remember a critique that was kind of brought up about it was that the speaking rate of the pilot was too quick for the students that you were targeting. And that kind of sparked a debate between the people who were looking at your demonstration, because half of us were, we understood, like, this is actually what happens when you get there. And the other half was like, well, no, you still need to cushion them. If you're, the objective of your program is to kind of soften the blow of culture shock, you don't want to just throw them in. The throw them in. Yeah. Right. So <clears> how, <throat> how did you kind of determine what was enough? Like, what level of... Cushioning needed to be in what areas of your program
0: how do you negotiate those two needs exactly right like exactly. you need them to be shocked because you don't want them to be shocked there but at the same time you need to like ease into it mm-hmm. how did you negotiate okay. that? what they
2: did I wanted the video so the introductory video mm-hmm. videos because there were two right. to be the most authentic possible okay. uh, so yeah. I used native speaker mm-hmm. and they were speaking like if
3: Normal. he was a
2: pilot mm-hmm. or she was mm-hmm. a hostess mm-hmm. they were Picking at the their normal speed, I didn't tell them to do anything differently. Okay. Yeah. But the students was also watching a video at mm-hmm. the same time that sometimes it happens in a plane, sometimes you just hear the pilot and you hear it with like my voice was was clear. Mm-hmm. But in a real airplane you get all those oh, yeah. noises and I can never understand a pilot. Say. I mean right. even I mean even
1: flying domestically here in the US I can't understand land, them. You land somewhere and it's like <laughs> I mean you, know. you can't hear anything anyway you know it's, it's, it's difficult to hear in
4: your like, native language and that's right? a good point because a, a few of these kids probably have never traveled period yeah. you know have never taken yeah, a plane yeah that's true so. that's true
2: yeah, and the point of those videos was not for them to understand every single word. they just needed to get clues they would see the sun oh it's sunny
3: mm-hmm.
2: and just get we are landing to Madrid. There was the plane going down to Madrid. So Mm -hmm. that was the main point of that video. Mm -hmm. Then, in the second part and third part, they were actually interacting with characters, in-game characters, Mm -hmm. but the characters were were voiced by actors. Mm -hmm. So these actors were still native speakers of Spanish and they were still talking with them at a normal speed, Mm -hmm. but they could negotiate. They could reduce the speed or change the words they were using if the student was not able to understand and of course we had people speaking like so fast because they were already very proficient in spanish and others that Mm -hmm. were not were Mm an intermediate level so they had trouble understanding and you could see that the actors were talking more with those people and were trying to make the student understand
0: do you think that your more timid maybe less fluent students benefited from this more so than the
2: more proficient Participants, I will not say more proficient, but I will say if someone is shy or timid that doesn't is scared to talk in span in a yeah. different language, yes, they will benefit more than someone that mm-hmm. doesn't Very care about anything. And, yeah. and extrovert and will just mm-hmm. be okay. I'm fine. Yeah, it would it will still benefit some because. Mm-hmm. They have never been in that situation. You might be an extrovert in your first language and then in the target language that you never practice outside the classroom Mm -hmm. with your student and with the teacher. You might still need that.
4: Because your research is so innovative, did you have any problems finding the literature and the research to kind of help you formulate what you wanted to do? Because I just generally have a problem with finding, you know, supportive materials on very well-researched concepts. I can't imagine for something that you're doing.
2: There is nothing about virtual reality, Mm -hmm. but there is a lot of literature about learning a language. Right. Or target language. So I didn't have that many problems. I used some literature about digital gaming Mm -hmm. or just playing in general, Mm -hmm. even not digital. So you can still use the... Base of that literature to apply to a new concept or a different concept mm-hmm. and I didn't have any problem for that That's interesting very nice
4: very encouraging I like, <laughs> <laughs> I like encouraging
0: positive uh stuff when it comes to research mm-hmm. it can be i think it can be very difficult when you're kind of like breaking the ground on a new topic and like I had to do the same thing for my dissertation where there's no real substantial... There's not a substantial amount of research out there that supports it either. And I think that... Do you think that your research is the first stepping... Or one of the first stepping stones towards eliminating the need for study abroad? Because if you can get the same results with more advanced virtual reality... Let's say that we can get such good virtual reality that it's very, very real, like...
1: There's already virtual field trips that they do in mm-hmm. in K twelve. That's so a does, huge mm-hmm. thing now. Mm-hmm. That's
0: incredible. I know. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. we never did anything like that. But I mean, also, we didn't even have computers. We, have <laughs> computers. <laughs> we, had, we, had, we had computers. computer. Was had, that pre computer era, Boden? We had a computer. we were <laughs> using
1: abacuses. and.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you think so? To answer my question, do you think that this might be the first step to not having to do no. study abroad? Study abroad is fun.
2: Why would you remove it?
3: Right.
0: Okay, well. Yeah.
3: It is that's just, I mean, that's a really an good experience. answer. <laughs> I mean, that is a very good answer. answer. Yeah.
2: You can create a virtual reality experience. Like, mm-hmm. you can create a video game. I don't know. There are so many video games that people will play for hours and hours. Mm-hmm. But people still feel the need to go outside and yeah. experience exactly. the real world.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, now they do. But who knows mm-hmm. what the they next will in the generation mm-hmm. will be like.
4: All right. So now that we've thoroughly discussed your really great experiment design and we've can we discuss the data that you collected over the summer yeah. and what your preliminary findings have been?
2: Okay. I still have to code all my data right. and I will mm-hmm. be doing that how next you, week.
1: I was going to ask, how did you, how did you go about actually collecting, um, collecting the data? Is this like a thing where you interviewed people beforehand interview, or, or you interviewed them after when they come back? Uh, I'm collecting that, different
2: types of data mm-hmm. with different instruments. So I'm yeah. using qualitative instruments mm-hmm. and quantitative instruments. Okay. It's qualitative quantitative, I used a culture shock survey produced in the late beginning of 2000.
3: Okay.
2: And I collected one at the beginning and one at the end, in both control group and the experimental group. Mm-hmm. Then I also did a present survey to check the level of presence while they were doing. So the level of emotional presence inside a virtual reality experience. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that was pretty good. The results of that were pretty good and then as qualitative measured i did two interviews one right after the training and one when they came back from spain
3: okay cool
2: plus the students while in spain they were supposed to write three journal entries one at the beginning one in the middle and one at the end and i was those were like kind of like guided journal entries mm-hmm. in the way that i asked them questions that they wanted to know right. mm-hmm. about their linguistic experience their cultural cultural experience
3: mm-hmm.
1: That's really that's really good to have those when you use those different methods and the different um, yeah the the different tools to get your data because you can kind of triangulate right. your your
2: results and it makes it more valid yeah. right right yeah because the my preliminary data for now the culture shock so basically the level of acculturation to Spain or to a foreign country just in general it's not just to Spain just mm-hmm. in general the experimental group it seems to me that improved more than the control group. I still have to run the statistical analysis on that to see mm-hmm. if it's statistically significant or not. But for okay. now, they improved more than the control group.
4: Okay, that's great. That's and hopefully, hopefully that trend will continue and yeah. get some great data on that. Um, did you run into any obstacles in design or data collection or you know participant involvement?
2: I ran into a few obstacles. Okay. First of all, creating the VR app, of mm-hmm. course, that's. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh A yeah, huge more amount oh, of
2: money. Oh my God. I, had to, I started from zero. I didn't mm-hmm. have experience in 3D design. I didn't have experience in coding. So I had to start from zero. Mm-hmm. I'm using a wow. free tool called Unity. Mm-hmm. It's basically an engine mm-hmm. used to create video games and software. So I had to learn how to use that. And I used Google SketchUp to create the 3D models. And it was a huge amount of time. I spent, I will estimate, between 100 and 200 hours working wow. on that. Oh,
0: that's
3: goodness.
2: incredible. Oh. That's
4: a lot of investment. <clears throat> but is, is that time time
0: something? Is that something that you can maybe, like, further develop and improve, and maybe one day sell? Like, instead of having textbooks, one day are we going to have virtual
2: reality by chance? Or I don't think we're going to have these. I think it can be improved. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about selling it i'm releasing everything out there open source so oh, okay. if anyone wants it you can send me an email and i will send him the source code and it can be used by anyone mm-hmm. and improved i already have some idea about some ideas about stuff i want to improve mm-hmm. like more interaction with different contexts. because the participants when they came back they were oh yeah it was really helpful it was really interesting it helped me a lot realized i was Supposed to speak in Spanish while in Spain, right. but <laughs> don't forget <step> that. One. <laughs> yeah, that's some people don't know that. Right. they Never been to a different country, yeah. no. but they were. I didn't know how to order food at the restaurant, and they start. I was not teaching them how to ask for direction. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna teach them how to order food. I'm just gonna let them practice what they learned in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: Giovanni, thank you so much for talking to us about your research. I find it. Personally, I find it very fascinating because mm-hmm. the, yeah, the push towards using more and more and more technology in our classroom, I don't think that that's going to go away, and I don't think it's going to go anytime soon yeah, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. it were to. But my, my final question to you, I guess, is there anything else, like a little token that you want us to take away from your research, anything that we haven't touched on just yet that you want to bring up, or anything that you've learned personally through your research?
2: I would say maybe to other instructors and teachers listening to me Mm -hmm. don't worry technology is going to be here to help you Mm -hmm. not to Mm -hmm. take you away i don't believe that for now at least technology is going to be substituting teachers right yeah
4: take away our jobs just (laughs) only to supplement what we have going
2: on yeah it's a supplement it's a big help and Mm -hmm. if you think about it what's the best way to learn a language by using it and where
0: it, well, that is negotiable, but I, for me personally, in an context, I
2: like it. Okay, so mm-hmm. immersing context by using the language, so mm-hmm. talking, interaction, and using our authentic material. Yeah, mm-hmm. authentic material. So technology can help us bring those three aspects inside the classroom all the time.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: That brings us to the portion where we do lessons learned. I'd like to ask you, during the course of your graduate studies, if there was one thing that maybe you could go back and you could tell a young, a young Giovanni when he was bright-eyed here <laughs> younger, at the university. Younger. Right, younger, because <laughs> you're definitely still young, right? Um, we all are. If you, could, if you could pick something to go back and tell your young self that would be beneficial to either your research or just to surviving graduate school in general, what would that be?
0: Bowden, that's an amazing question for Giovanni because Giovanni is like an anomaly in grad school where... An anomaly! An anomaly! (laughs) anomaly. I'm trying to improve my vocabulary, but Giovanni is... uh, (laughs) Giovanni has always been one of those guys that you don't really get the sense that Giovanni is stressing out about stuff. He's
4: the Mr. Cool of the department here.
0: I'm curious to hear, what would you say to your previous self?
2: the best advice I could give them is everything is going to be okay. Have fun. Enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your research. But the main, main, main one is study what you like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if your topic is something that it's a passion of you or it's something that you like and it's really interesting for you, you're going to be doing it with no problems.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: If you get doing something that is boring, it may be boring for you. Someone may love it. But if it's boring for you, you're never going to be done with that.
0: Yeah. And that's that's kind of tricky, though, because you have to know what you love and defining what you love in graduate school. Or rather, in the in the literature, like, what do you love about the previous research in your field? But and that's
2: why you have to take as many classes as possible. As mm-hmm. yeah. many professors as, as, many possible. Professors as yeah. possible. As many professors as possible. Take classes disp- outside your comfort area. Don't yeah. worry mm-hmm. about Exploring new things. I took a rhetoric class. Yeah. It was cool. It was something Mm -hmm. different from what I was studying, but I learned a lot anyway.
4: Did you have a class where you just kind of drew all this inspiration and just after taking it one semester, you're just like, I know what I want to do now? Is that possible? Or did it like build up over time? No, it
2: built up over time. Okay. And I didn't take a class specifically for this. Of course, right. Some classes that my lead to this, so mm-hmm. interlanguage was an important class for my mm-hmm. transition, or other second language acquisition classes, right. even Spanish 502, that is basically an introduction to how to teach, and I had right. to study a lot of second language acquisition mm-hmm. theories, and I was, oh, okay, this theory might be useful in my study, or mm-hmm. this theory is not what I believe in.
4: Mm-hmm. And just wondering, if you have any plans yet about after, you know, May 2018,
2: I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. I'm currently. <laughs> 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 well, or right. what would
4: you like to do ideally? Maybe
2: I would like to keep doing research mm-hmm. and teaching at the university here mm-hmm. in the U.S.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't have any plan for now. I'm applying right. and on the job, job market. market. Yeah. So I think everybody that's come to our oh, show. Oh, that's been... another advice oh. for new graduate student. Mm-hmm. Get ready mm-hmm. for the job market earlier. Hashtag yeah.
4: be ready.
0: Hashtag be ready. Be ready. I
4: for anything, cool. <laughs> for anything, be ready Very
0: for nice. anything. All right, Giovanni, we have one final question for you—the most important question. The most important question <laughs> of them all
4: for millennials.
0: For mille- well for millennials and really hip
1: other people. That are uh, not- other what people. is that? Generation
0: X? X? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, back to, oh, well, back to Giovanni, back to my question. So Giovanni, every single episode we've done a hashtag, right? So previous hashtags have been hashtag meat grinder. Giovanni, what would you, if you could assign a hashtag to, for the episode for your graduate career, for your research, what would you uh, use? Explore your passion. Hashtag oh. explore your passion. Thanks. Explore. It's important. It's a great word. It is. Especially very, for very graduate good. Especially That's well, important. Giovanni, thank you so much for coming on. We've had a really good, thank good you. Grazie. <laughs> Grazie. Grazie. Grazie uh thank you so much for coming and sharing with us your research we wish you all the bu- uh, all the best luck on uh the job market thank this you. year yeah all right so that's what we got today i think that robin is going to plug something maybe right?
4: maybe you know we didn't actually have a local plug today oh we didn't, oh, have, we a didn't local have a look plug. Plug. who Did gets you?
0: one who gets one today
4: hooligans
0: why does Hooligans get hooligans, it? They have the because best I chicken, want. they have the best chicken filling. You get chicken one, fill- Hooligans! <laughs> you get one! We were saying who we were going to plug. I don't know why. Anyways. Oh,
4: this upcoming February, the University of Alabama will be hosting their Modern Languages Conference on February 9th
0: and
1: 10th. Yay! Yay! Yay. So excited.
4: <laughs> um, we are currently looking for submissions from undergraduate, graduate, and professional scholars in any field that work with a project dealing with the intersection of language and identity. Oh yeah. Very big topic. Very excited. Um, we are accepting abstracts up until I want to say November 17th right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to email me or Bowden here uh, through the Gradlings website, gradlingpodcast.com. Uh, you can find the site for um, uh, abstract submission on mlc.ua.edu. Is that good or bad? I mean, it was. out okay. It right. was
0: To oh, it's, <laughs> it's my mom. I have to talk to Mama Morgan. Why do you do the thing with the hands when you speak Italian? Because, because. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I was. It's, sh- it's an academic question. It's an academic question. I have to give a, lay the groundwork. But um, my question. If like you built a house. <laughs> <laughs> no time.
1: All but differences stand. Light the shoes go, my man. You must trust to the match called the girls. Oh, something.
3: I